Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Into another show for Michigan basketball here on MazeandBrew.com. Anthony Broom here with Sam Dodge, both of us here at Chrysler Center following Michigan's 65 52 win over Maryland. Uh, overall, very good effort. Focus was much better. It looked like a team that had something to prove after losing a game they really had no business losing on Tuesday at Penn State. And, and John Beeline was very complimentary of them after the game as well. So before we get into our takeaways, here's a snippet of what John Beeline had to say about the performance after the game. It was a great game, and we were just were fortunate enough to beat a really good team. I mean, a really good team. I'm watching these guys on video, and, uh, you know, they got, they got some experience. With, you know, the whole league is still pretty young. You don't see many teams with, like, four or five seniors. Um, but what they've had right now is that they've had freshmen. Freshmen come in, as we've seen ourselves, freshmen come in different packages, right? You got the Karis LeVert, you got the DJ Wilson, you got the Mo Wagners, who is freshmen, right? It's tough for them to come in. Their bodies aren't ready, They're, or there's people in front of them, and it's tough, but they become tremendous players. And then you got the Nick Stauskas and Trey Burks, Mitch McGarry's, their bodies are ready, right? And they come in. They got guys like we had in 13. I mean, they have really guys that can come in and play, and then they great point guard, great big man, and just really fortunate to get this win. I think this team will compete for a Big Ten championship, right, this year in the tournament, and then in the NCAA, they're, they're, they can be a very good team. We all got to have breaks go our way like they've gone for us, but we've just beat a good team. I'm, I'm elated about these last two Saturdays of the way we've responded to good teams coming to our building, great crowds, 
and playing just good Michigan basketball. All right, so we'll get into the shooting numbers here for Michigan. 25 for 59 from the field, 7 for 26 from three. Honestly, the outside shooting is still a concern, I think, at this point with the sample size being what it's been. This is just kind of what they are, but I think it's pretty apparent early on. Uh, like I said in the open, the focus was much better uh, today. It seemed like a team that was locked in. It was as locked in as, as really we'd seen them uh, in the last month or so, and it didn't exactly carry on through the game. There were some lulls in it, but the ball movement was better. It wasn't sticking as much as it had uh, in that game against Penn State. Defensively, one of their banner performances of the year, namely from John Teske, who did struggle on offense, but still was able to bring it on the other end of the court. And I think part of the reason he wasn't very good offensively was the fact that he was so gassed from a matchup with Bruno Fernando. Exactly. And and that's exactly it. Um, John Teske and John Beeline actually noted that after the game, that he was, you know, doing so many curl-ups to and, you know, lifting so much weight with uh, trying to stop Fernando and, and Jalen Smith that, you know, he just wasn't wasn't having it on the other side, you know, end of the court, you know was fronted a lot of jumpers right there, only 5 for 20 uh, from field goals. But, I mean, he shut down Bruno Fernando and Jalen Smith to combine 20 points. That, that, that is exactly the type of effort that you want. And Maryland itself scored 0.84 points per possession. I mean, this, this defense, after a tough road loss Tuesday and their worst defensive performance against Penn State, they turn around and they take a Maryland team that had a lot of momentum coming into Saturday and just, you know, locked them down. Yeah, and aside from the defense, I think one of my biggest takeaways from this game is that, no, it was not a great shooting performance by any of the stretch, but uh, it's amazing how in the span of a week narratives can change on a player. Uh, and the one I'm talking about here is Charles Matthews, who you know, for almost a month really wasn't doing anything offensively, looked... Looked like he. It was like Space Jam, where the the monsters take a ta- take the talent from the NBA players. He was you know flopping around and not landing correctly. And but in the last week or so, he's been a guy that's led the charge for them. Led the team in scoring today with 14 points, seven or 12, seven for 12 from the floor. Um, and for as good as he's been, we we saw him struggle. Like I said, for a month or so, and that's. We're seeing a new player kind of take the Charles Matthews role of the brunt of the heat from the fan base, and that's Jordan Poole, who who didn't had another game where he struggled again. Uh, he was two for seven from the floor, zero for three from uh, three point land. He was four for four from the free throw line. Had a couple of nice plays in the second half, but right now he's a guy who just cannot get anything going offensively. And um, really, for the last eleven, well, I have the stats from the last eleven games. He's forty-one for one hundred and sixteen from the floor. That's thirty-five percent. And he's 17 for 64 from three. That's 26%. With as talented as he is and, and as explosive an offensive player as we've seen from him, it's one of those things where I feel like at some point, like it tends to do with all of Michigan's players, that water will find its level eventually. And in this case, you know, he struggled for 11 games. Maybe it comes back in full force. You know, we're getting to a point in the season now where there's only five games left in the Big Ten, and then you figure you got you have another three, um, at least maybe two or three in the Big Ten tournament. Then it's the NCAA tournament where you're hoping you play at least. You know, I for me this team, and I don't want to get too out of myself with expectations, but I feel like this is a team that has to, if they play less than four games in in March in March Madness. I would be kind of disappointed by that. Uh, anything less than that feels like it would be a disappointment. But with all that being said, 
there's time for him to turn around, and I know it's been a, a really bad 10 or 11 games. Even the shooting numbers weren't great against Indiana, but that was really the last big performance that he had. Uh, I feel like at some point water will find its level with him, but right now it's it's bad, and it kind of just seems like he's, he's pressing a little bit and seems unsure of himself. That's exactly it. Um, he he kind of reminds me of uh, Tim Hardaway his sophomore year. You know, his freshman year he came in and, you know, you know, got a buckets of points, but you know wasn't entirely consistent because he was a freshman. And as a sophomore, he really needed volume in order to reach his point totals. And then it really leveled out. You know, his junior year. You know, his, during that junior year, he was you know able to be a little bit more consistent. And I think that's the future for Jordan Poole. Um, the nice thing for him, he's playing really great defense right now. He helped a lot with Bruno Fernando. Iggy Brasdakis did as well at poking Fernando and Smith when they got their really deep you know, starts in the lane. You know, they get the ball, like, right in front of the basket. And Teske would be there walling up, but then Poole and Brozdakis would be, you know, stealing the ball as well. Also, Poole had three assists in the first half. So he's able to facilitate the offense, and he is still a valuable part of making the offense flow. But I think you're exactly right in in the sense that he is the key to get this team above the hump and get them into the final four. Right now, they're a sweet 16 team, you know, barring an upset in the first weekend. But the team that Michigan had when they beat Villanova by 27 and North Carolina by 17 was one where Jordan Poole was hot. He was scoring 20 points, you know, a game in those types of games. So that's the guy that Michigan needs in order to elevate themselves to the level that we saw for the first 17 games this year. Yeah, and I think... You know, like, like we talked about early on, I thought the offense overall looked better. It was a step in the right direction early on. Obviously, things leveled out. They only had 27 points at the half. I think with nine minutes left in the first half, they were up 21-6. to six. Uh, So only six points down the stretch. That was pretty ugly. Um, now you come back, hit some big shots, go on a few runs in the second half. Um, Maryland at one point had, gotten, had got it down to three. But this is a team, anyone that's holding this team to the expectation of some of these past Michigan teams where it's you know, high-flying, hitting a bunch of threes and you know, scoring 80, 90 points a game, that's not what this group is. And they don't need to be because their defense is so good. Um, I think what we saw today when the offense was really working, obviously it came off the heels of their defense with the amount of turnovers that they forced. Um, this team right now, is they're better when they're able to get out and run. Um, the half-court offense and, and outside shooting right now is, is a disaster. Now, like I said, step in the right direction. Ball was not sticking as much. Ball movement was a lot better. Something that we haven't really seen is, you know, Xavier Simpson has been slow playing these teams all year into defending the hook shot, so they all collapse in on him. And then today, you saw him hook it, but kick it back out to people on the perimeter. Uh, so that's that's an interesting little wrinkle I'm looking forward to seeing uh, moving forward here. But I think at the end of the day, um, uh, one other thing that I thought was interesting from this game, uh, it seems like the torch on the bench is being passed to the younger guys a little bit. Uh, David Julius was the first point card off the bench after the game. Beeline essentially confirmed that he thinks it's time for that just to be the case. Uh, a lot like uh, the comparison he used was when it was time for Xavier Simpson to be the backup to Derek Walton. Um, I certainly would agree with that. I mean, going down the stretch here, heading into the Big Ten tournament, any, if you can get anything out of anything out of your bench, they're going to be in a lot better shape. And Brandon Johns, once again, was the first big off the bench. So uh, not extended run for them by any stretch of the imagination, but still important minutes in, in a game where uh, I think they, they certainly, I think they 
they didn't look lost out there. I thought they acquitted themselves pretty well. Yeah, particularly with DeJulius. He came in when Xavier Simpson got his second foul, you know, about six minutes left in the first half. And that's the time where Maryland really needed to make a run, have Anthony Cohen, you know, score a lot of points in order to get back into the game. And DeJulius outscored Cohen two to nothing. Obviously, only two points. You know, it is what it is. It was actually a really nice hook shot. So I guess the the hook shot from the point guards is going to be a thing going forward uh, for the next, you know, three or four years. But... Um, that defense, that's something you can build on. And if you watch DeJulius before the game, he was nailing threes. So that's some, he's, when he's ready and when he's fully matured, he's going to add an element back to this offense that Derek Walton was able to provide. But he also has the defensive prowess, and he also has some good finishing ability that he's, he's going to be a really complete point guard for this Michigan team. And I think those John Beeline offenses that you saw, you know, in 2016-17 and then, you know, at some points last year, that's going to return, you know, in force in, in the next couple of years. Yeah, you can always leave it to John Beeline and his staff to find, like, a junkyard dog type of guy at point guard. And uh, certainly, I mean, a very accomplished high school career from David DeJulius. I think at some point we're going to be talking, saying some big things about him. Uh, but it's good to see him get some run now early on. Um, speaking of young guys, I mean, Maryland has a ton of them. Uh, that's a team where uh, Beeline, after the game, and even I think in Friday's media availability, uh, had spoken about them and said their young guys reminds him a lot of the young core that Michigan had back in 2013, 2014, uh, in terms of what they're able to bring to the table. So certainly was not downplaying some of the struggles they had today at all. I mean, that's a, that's a very good basketball team. They beat uh, Purdue earlier this week. So um, things are once again getting crowded uh, at the top of the Big Ten standings. Michigan, despite some setbacks in the last few weeks, is still right there. Um, you know, this, this game overall, uh, as I sort of on my takeaways for the game it felt a lot like a lot of the football games did this year in terms of yeah it was closer than it should have been they left a lot of points on the court but I never really felt like they were in danger of losing especially at home like they just don't they don't lose at home and it's been over a calendar year since they've lost two games in a row so um, that's a big time thing in terms of taking a step towards you know I know they have goals reached this year but we're talking about programs that are nationally prominent like that's a big deal for them to not lose two in a row and you know it's you can't let you never want one game to turn into two losses and that they were able to turn the page right off the gate I mean I I tweeted it from the Mason Brew account it seemed the early part of that game where they were up 10 to 2 10 to 4 whatever it was it felt a lot like you know the North Carolina the Villanova games where they were just everything was going well for them um need to see more of that needed need to keep that going over the course of a full game I mean you're not going to blow out everyone you're going to play that's just not realistic and I think probably nine times out of ten it wouldn't have happened to North Carolina and Villanova either but it did happen and we've seen what this team is capable of doing uh, when they're firing on all cylinders so um we're getting to the nitty-gritty of this now there's five games left in the Big Ten uh, schedule they're going to go to Minnesota next on Thursday night Sunday they come right back home play Michigan State uh, I believe from there they play Nebraska. I think it's Nebraska. Uh, whatever order it is, I know they finished the year at in East Lansing, uh, but they're gonna they, they do have a rematch with Maryland on the road, and they do have uh, they're gonna be playing Nebraska too, as well. So, 
So I just pulled up the schedule right here. As we talked about, you know, Thursday, Minnesota, they finally get a, a few days of rest, yeah. you know, before that game. And as we all remember, Charles Matthews hit the, the buzzer beater against Minnesota. Um, and then, as you said, Michigan State. Then right after that is Nebraska. Sorry, there's some uh, cell phone interference here. Um, Nebraska, you know, at home, and that's going to be the final home game. And then you, you wrap up with probably the toughest two-game road stretch of the year, possibly in the entire Big Ten, when you've got, you know, Maryland first and then Michigan State. That's that's a five-game, you know, haul right there to get through. But, as you said, Michigan, and this is what Beeline talked about, you know, Penn State was probably just a short rest problem. It was a short rest, and it was a motivated team. It was just kind of all the factors coming into coming into uh, making that upset happen but Michigan's finally hitting a point where they're 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 finding a groove in terms of how much time they get off you know before they go on the road and then how much time they get off afterwards in order to play you know a team like Michigan State Michigan State plays Ohio State tomorrow um, and if they win it's all tied up back in first in the Big Ten standings but as we've seen Ohio State is a good defense so you know Michigan could be playing from first place next week yeah, I think that's going to about do it for us uh, from here. Uh, another little addition of our post-game uh, show here. Uh, Michigan wins 65-52 over Maryland. Like I said, next up is Minnesota. And then uh, next week here at Chrysler, uh, Chrysler will be Michigan State. So, um, Sam, appreciate your time. We'll, we'll talk soon. We'll do it again soon. But uh, this has been another edition of our post-game show. You guys know where to follow us on social media by now. I could follow the rest of our uh, shows and podcasts at Mazer Brew Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, um, SoundCloud, uh, and all that. Uh, Spotify, too. I always forget that one. But uh, for Sam Dodge, I'm Anthony Broom. This has been uh, another edition. We'll talk to you next time.